0: the disciples told what had happened on the road and how Jesus was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were saying this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and supposed that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do questionings arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. there is a noticeable difference in the Apostles between the Apostles that we read of in the upper room here in the Gospel and the Apostles as they are acting, as we read in the first reading, in the Acts of the Apostles. In the Gospel today, they are gathered in the upper room. The door is locked. They are filled with fear. They fear for their own lives. They are discouraged. They have no confidence. When we turn to the Acts of the Apostles for the first reading for this morning, We see people completely different, transformed. Peter and John, not only confident, not only not locked away in fear, but preaching in the temple. Not only uh, not hidden away and lacking that type of confidence that comes from Christ, but they also heal in his name. They act as Christ acted. Often when the Lord came to Jerusalem, he would heal someone at the gates And then go up to the temple to preach and so the disciples are simply continuing on the mission of Christ or more truly speaking Christ is continuing his mission through them he is living through them acting through them healing through them preaching through them they are these beautiful docile instruments of Christ and they are effective in that ministry they heal at the gates as Christ did representing what happens through the sacrament of baptism, that those who are without the gates, if you will, of the city of God are allowed in through grace that comes through baptism or grace that is restored through the sacrament of confession. But then also, not only do they heal, they also preach. They preach the truth. And the preaching of the truth with confidence is what gives confidence. It communicates this confidence to others. The difference between the apostles that we read of in the gospel and the apostles and the acts of the apostles from this morning is the presence of the grace of Christ and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit with his gifts that is given to us from Christ, the Spirit of the Father and the Son. He is the one that animates us. He is the sanctifier. He is the one that transforms us into other Christs so that Christ can live and continue his mission through us. And so as we look in the gospel, we see that into this fear, just as he did with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, into their fear, into their discouragement, into their sorrow, he simply steps with his presence. That's his first gift. When the light is present, the darkness is dispelled. And so Christ, who is the light and the truth, simply becomes present to them. So the disciples are gathered in the upper room. They are still frightened. They are still, again, discouraged and saddened. They've heard now multiple reports of the resurrection of Jesus, even to Simon Peter, but they are still disbelieving. As they were saying this, as they are speaking, in the same way that the disciples on the road to Emmaus, as they were speaking, but with error, Jesus interrupts their speaking and he comes to give his own word of truth. They are proclaiming what has happened to them, but the Lord is still the one who will come and speak authoritatively. He stands among them in his presence and he says, peace to you, peace. He communicates his peace to the troubled disciples in the same way that he spoke to the storm and the waves and said, peace be still, he now speaks to their hearts and says, peace be to you. But they are startled and frightened. Why? Because the doors are locked and he now simply stands there present to them. Rightfully, they're trying to comprehend this mystery. How did he get here? How is he now just simply standing here? Is this a spirit? It's not a far stretch of our imagination To imagine that we ourselves would have the same response if someone simply appeared here. What is this? How is this mystery possible? Supposing they saw a spirit, he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do these questions arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit is not flesh and bones, as you see that I have. In this proclamation, we have both his divinity manifest and his humanity manifest. He is able to look as he always has been able into their hearts and see what they're thinking. Why do these questions arise in your hearts? That's his divinity. See my hands, my feet. That's his humanity. This is the same Christ both God and man, now resurrected and standing in their presence. And when he had showed them his hands and his feet, his wounds, he shows his wounds, and his wounds are what also communicate peace. His wounds are what communicate joy. In the wounds of Christ, we receive consolation because they are a continual manifestation of his love for us. While they are still now disbelieving for joy, so fear has gone. Why? Because love himself stands in their midst. So slowly the fear is dispelled, which is cast out by love. But they are still wondering. They're still attempting to understand. And so in order to prove his humanity, he's, in order to prove that he is flesh and blood, he says, have you anything here to eat? Here in this translation, it says they gave him a piece of broiled fish. In the Greek, it says they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a piece of honeycomb, which is important. They gave him this broiled fish, the fish which has always represented what will be his own body given for them. The fish in the early church was always the symbol of Christ. You always have that sign of the fish, which was the symbol for Christ himself. And so you have here, in a certain sense, a sign of the Eucharist that he is giving them. This fish that is mixed also with honeycomb. These are the gifts that are given to him, and what he will give back is something similar, which is his own flesh, which has, if you will, a taste of, or sweetness of honey to it. Honey in the Old Testament is the foretaste of the Promised Land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so this honey is always a representation of the sweetness of eternity with God, a sweetness of God himself, a foretaste, if you will. And so even though this is the food that they are giving to him, what he will give to them is so much greater. And what he has already given to them in the same upper room is already so much and infinitely greater. He gave them himself for food. But he is proving to them now his resurrection. And then what he does in order to enlighten them further is he instructs them according to the scriptures. He does the same thing with the disciples on the road to Emmaus as he will do for them now. He has cast out the fear from their hearts in order to replace it with love. He will now cast out the error from their minds in order to replace it with truth. And so what he does here is he begins, as he did with the the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he speaks about the words that he had spoken to them and how they are to be fulfilled. The fulfillment of all the words of God as he speaks to us through Scripture and as they're recorded for us and how they are fulfilled in Christ. And then it says, he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. In the Greek it says, he opened their understanding to understand. He opened the faculty that they have for understanding to its proper perfection. And so that word in the Greek is very interesting, the word for understanding. In the Greek, it is nous. It means the actual faculty of understanding, but it means more than that as well. It also means, more narrowly speaking, the reason by which we are able to consider divine things, and also by which we are able to not only know and love the good, but also hate evil, And so this faculty in us has been wounded because of original sin. This faculty of understanding has been darkened because of original sin. And so it is difficult for us to understand deeply and truly without the grace of Christ and without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is understanding. And so these gifts are there in order that the faculties that we have been given by God Especially the faculties of our soul that have been damaged through original sin, can be healed, can be restored, and then can be perfected, brought to their perfection. And so you can see here as Christ opens their understanding to understand, he brings that faculty that he has put in them to its perfection. And that's what he wants to do in us. He wants to bring the capacity that we have for love to its perfection. He wants to bring the capacity that we have to understand and know the truth to its perfection. And in this way we become more and more like God who is truth and who is love. And then he says to them as he opens their mind to understand the scriptures thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. He tells them that these things have always been known and proclaimed through the prophets in the Old Testament and this is the fulfillment. And so what had originally originally been considered a tragedy for them is now victory. As they come to understand the mystery of Christ's passion in the light and in his instruction and in his truth. And then he says he's going to make them witnesses of these things. He is taking these men who have locked themselves away for fear and he says, I'm going to make you witnesses. And so what we see here that it is not their own strength and power that makes them witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Left to themselves, they lock themselves away for fear. When they are imbued and filled with the Holy Spirit and with Christ's grace, they burst out of the upper room and they proclaim the gospel with joy and with confidence. And so also for us, we need that grace of Christ. We need the Holy Spirit within us. We need to stay in that grace of Christ, stay as temples of the Holy Spirit, so that we, what we cannot do on our own is done through us by the wonderful Spirit of God, so that we also go forth as witnesses of these things that we experience here at the Mass, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we become witnesses of these things, these mysteries that we participate in, and we do that by the power and love of God. Amen.